0: listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on PING.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard, folks. I hope you lock that into your memory. Let me ask you, folks, would you want to remember everything? I don't know about that, but... You know, according to the uh, brain chip, they'll be able to just beam this information down into your head. So, what is there really to remember? Plus, as Dr. Morgan explained a few episodes ago, you can just control a mouse that you send in there, and he can beam information back to you. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why you'd have to have a super memory, but let's see what else the good doctor has to say ladies and gentlemen let's continue the
1: last topic i want to uh, review with you is memory i don't know if you recognize any of the imagery up there but i'll walk you through it Uh, with memory in the last five years what's been demonstrated
0: is that you can train a fruit fly around uh, an aversive experience and all right let me just pause for a second here because i just want to read you what's up on his screen all right and so it says, believe what, you, uh, believe what you remember, but don't assume that what you remember is true. All right. I'm going to start that over. and We're going to replay that. 2015, there would be some progress. There hasn't been uh,
1: much yet in expanding memory very much. It seems to be a harder nut to crack than erasing memory. Erasing memory seems to be far easier. The last topic I want to uh, review with you is memory. I don't know if you recognize any of the imagery up there, but I'll walk you through it. Uh, With memory, in the last five years, what's been demonstrated is that you can train a fruit fly around uh, an aversive experience, and you can transfer that memory to the brain of another fruit fly by manipulating uh, the rods. Uh, And it gives it a memory for something that it's never had before, and then it reacts to the stimulus in the same way as the animal
0: who did have the aversive learning Okay, you heard that right. So he's got a picture of a fruit fly, and he's saying that you could transfer the memory of one fruit fly to the memory of another fruit fly, and then the second fruit fly, who had the memory transferred to it, will act in a way as if it had actually experienced and has the memory of the first fruit fly. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's continue here. Uh, experience. It's been done in mice. I'll talk a little bit about what Beth Loftus
1: and I have done to men and women going through seer school and changing memory. Uh, And I put the last slide up because this is in flatworms and this came out two years ago. That memory really is something beyond what we uh, typically understand in flatworms. You can cut their head off and their body still remembers stuff. So uh, they're just beginning to uncode or decode where and how is memory stored in the body of this little creature so we can translate that into memory in
0: animals that look different than that little creature it's evolved oh okay 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 pause there for a second so the mad scientist the transhumanist technocratic doctor uh, charles morgan he's now showing this uh, flatworm and he's saying you could cut the head off of a flatworm, and its body will still have memories even without its head so they are doing experiments on the flatworm to figure out how to take that technology and transfer it into animals that that um, do not have the same body as the flatworm. What he's saying, folks, obviously read between the lines or read between the head and the body. They're trying to figure out how to program a human to be able to, let's say, not have a head. <laughs> and the body will still remember information. Remember, I told you that they are working on, and Dr. Morgan even admitted it here, technology to store data inside of DNA. And so, again, because they don't believe that humans are the construct of a creator. Humans are merely um, guinea pigs to be experimented on. That's what he's saying. Read between the lines. They want to figure out how to take the flatworm natural technology when its head is cut off, that its body has memory, and work that and fuse that into some type of human. And you know now, with all the technologies we reviewed here, like CRISPR, uh DNA splicing, gene editing and stuff, that obviously that's what they're working towards. All right, let's continue.
1: For a very interesting reason. So this is this, in 2009, using light, it transferred, uh, it transferred memory. You can turn things on and off uh, using light in animals to activate the
0: hippocampus, turn memory. Okay, and so what he has up on the screen, it says 2009, using light, scientists create fear-conditioned memories in a fruit fly by optically controlling uh, dopam- uh, dopamine dopaminergic neurons. All right. I apologize, folks. I'm not a scientist. Some of these words, it's the first time I've seen them. 2013, using light to turn cells on and off, scientists create fear-conditioned memories in the hippocampus of mice. They engineered cells to express the gene for channel uh, rhodopsin, a protein that activates nerves when stimulated with light. All right. Let's continue.
1: Memory on and off? And so where are we with humans in creating false memories, giving them memories that they've never had? We've come a long way. My colleague is Beth Loftus. This was her early work. It was called Lost in a Mall. And what she did is she asked a person to be in the study. You could be in her study if you had a sibling that was at least five years older than you. And she'd say, we're interested in your memory from when you were a kid. I've asked your older sibling, your older brother or sister, uh, to give me four stories about you, and I want to know how much you remember.
0: Okay, let's pause for a second so you can absorb that. So his colleague wants to run an experiment on this. So you can volunteer for the experiment if you have a sibling who's at least five years older than you. Okay, let's back this up for a second and listen again. Uh, Part of this, because most of us have normal memories, is that we've got to listen to this over and over sometimes. This is how we put it into our brains. We remember it, and then you're able to tie it back to other things that we've covered on the show. That's how I do it, folks. I train my brain to uh, remember the important things and wipe clean the things I don't really need. All right, so let's listen to this again.
1: Early work, it was called Lost in a Mall. And what she did is she asked... A person to be in the study you could be in her study if you had a sibling that was at least five years older than you and she'd say we're interested in your memory from when you were a kid i've asked your older sibling your older brother or sister uh to give me four stories about you and i want to know how much you remember
0: okay so she is asking the older sibling at least five years older than the than the main subject of the test four stories about you. So you're part of the test. Your older sibling, five years older or more, is asked four stories about you, okay? What people didn't know is that there were four different stories, one of them was fake,
1: and she wanted to see how long it would take for them to adopt a false memory.
0: Okay, so quite interesting there, quite interesting. So as she, the doctor, Let's say uh, I'm the doctor, okay? You, listening, you are the subject of my experiment. You have an older sibling, five years uh, older than you or more. I, the doctor, ask your sibling for four stories about you. They give me four stories. I come back to you in a room, okay, And I say to you, okay, here's four stories that your brother, your sister, whatever, gave to me about you. But I'm going to give you three real stories, and I'm going to give you a fourth story that's fake, all right? And my experiment is to see if I could transfer that fake story into your head, and if you'll adapt it as reality, all right? Let's continue. Sure. Uh, to give me four stories about you and I want to know how much you remember.
1: What people didn't know is that there were four different stories. One of them was fake and she wanted to see how long it would take for them to adopt a false memory. The quick answer is after two interview sessions, 30% of the subjects believed that they remembered the person who'd found them when they were lost at a mall and actually argued with the researcher uh, about whether or not the memory was true or not. And that's how I met her. and We decided to get together
0: and run up to Wow, let's play that back for a second. So, you heard him. Okay, so it's the lost in the mall uh, experiment. So, the fourth memory, it looks like what he's talking about, is that she would have a story about the time that you, or I would as the doctor, I would tell you about the time you were lost in the mall. And let's just get this again. He says that 30%, I believe, actually after two sessions, uh, buy into it. All right, let's continue. We're
1: interested in your memory from when you were a kid. I've asked your older sibling, your older brother or sister, uh, to give me four stories about you, and I wanna know how much you remember. What people didn't know is that there were four different stories, one of them was fake, and she wanted to see how long it would take for them to adopt a false memory. The quick answer is, after two interview sessions, 30% of the subjects believed that they remembered the person who'd found them when they were lost at a mall,
0: Okay, so after two sessions, 30% of the subjects, so 30% of the subjects actually believed the story and remembered the person who rescued them after they were lost at a mall. This is not creepy at all. I'm glad our government is spending money on this, folks. Let's continue. And actually argued with the researcher Uh, about whether or not
1: the memory was true or not. And that's how I met her. And we decided to get together and run up to Brunswick to see her school
0: and try a memory experiment. This is our design. Okay, so up on the screen now, he has a slide. Survival, school, schedule, and time of memory assessment and of exposure to misinformation. Okay. And then he has a chart up there, which I am not going to attempt to decode for you. So, uh, because to me, the print is very small and my screen is kind of far away from my face, but again, it's survival school schedule and time of memory assessment and of exposure To misinformation. Folks, when we come back from this break, we are going to unpack this. Let's see what the good doctor, the mad scientist, Dr. Charles Morgan III, has in store for us, ladies and gentlemen. Manipulating the mind. Everything this guy is into is controlling other people, controlling animals, controlling memories, injecting genes and cells inside of people. This is Dr. Frankenstein. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold of the Dustin Gold Standard, right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Dustin Gold on the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, we are getting into some freaky technology, are we not? I don't know. I think there was a movie with Tom Cruise about this. I don't know if it was called Vanilla Sky or something. It was swapping memories and implanting memories in people's heads. I can't even remember all the movies that are out there that cover this kind of stuff. All right, folks, let's get back into this. So right now, he's got up on the screen. Dr. Charles Morgan has up on the screen this slide. Survival school schedule and time of memory assessment and of exposure to misinformation. So let's see what he's going to get into here.
1: If you're not familiar with Sear, there's a classroom phase. There's an experiential phase. We were interested in sampling people when they were in isolation, when they were returning their gear, and at the end. And we tried a couple of different techniques. Group one, there's no misinformation. We simply want to sample accuracy of human memory for their experience. And we told them at the beginning this year, we want you to be the best little human collector possible. We are going to quiz you about your memory. Don't let us trick you. We want to know what you remember. Group two, we told them the same thing, but we lied. When they took their questionnaire at the end, we incorporated several techniques from false memory techniques, which are a little bit of leading questions to see whether or not we could create false memories. In the third group, we exposed them to an erroneous photograph of their interrogator. and in group three, we used the, group four, we used a video.
0: So here- hey, isn't it nice to know? Isn't it nice to know that our military are, are running these? experiments on our soldiers over here as he's talking about at seer school without them knowing and so let me ask you this question because it's a good point to bring this up folks i mentioned this theory over the last couple of episodes but again as i said the person with dementia the person with alzheimer's the person with uh, a debilitating disease the person with um you know limbs that don't work this person with paralysis you're just guinea pigs and i've even said this about the soldiers you know they jack these guys up with all types of jabs sadly and i've heard stories that i can't share here um about certain things that were done to certain people i know inside of the military um, and stuff where they didn't even know if they were on a training mission or if it was a live mission and how they would knock out guys uh, on the way to the mission and then they'd wake you up before the mission and you didn't know if you were in training or in live combat. So, See, they, they utilize these guys for experiments, These these guys and these ladies, and it's pretty sad, folks. It's pretty sad, but right here... You have, well, maybe you think it's harmless, but you have Dr. Charles Morgan talking about it right here, running experiments on people that don't know that they're volunteering uh, for an experiment because they're not actually volunteering. They're being tricked and manipulated. So... The study, which is this survival school schedule and time of memory, awareness of exposure to misinformation. Well, the exposure to the misinformation is being exposed to the good doctor who you believe is a good doctor, right? When, in fact, he's actually running a misinformation experiment on you, and he is misinformation because he's not even what he purports to be. All right, I'm going to play that back, and we're going to listen to it again. It's an experiential phase.
1: We were interested in sampling people when they were in isolation, when they were returning their gear, and at the end. So in isolation, returning their gear, and then at the end. And we tried a couple of different techniques. Group one, there's no misinformation. We simply want to sample accuracy of human memory for their experience. And we told them at the beginning this year, we want you to be the best little human collector possible. We are going to quiz you about your memory. Don't let us trick you. We want to know what you remember. Group two, we told them the same thing, but
0: we lied. Okay, so number one, they tell that group that they want them to be the best little human collectors for them and come back and then we're gonna quiz you on your memory. Group two, they lied to them.
1: When they took their questionnaire at the end, we incorporated several techniques from false memory techniques, which are a little bit of leading questions to see whether
0: or not we could create false memories. In the third group, we exposed them to. Okay, so they try to create false memories by putting misleading information and using certain, basically, mind control techniques in the answers using leading questions. So, for instance, uh, hey, Mike when did you stop beating your wife you know that type of stuff so they lead them they lead them uh okay so when the green army tank drove by when in fact the army tank was red they're seeing if they can plant in your mind that the army tank was green and not red all right that's what they're doing there so group number three to an erroneous photograph of their interrogator okay so an erroneous photograph of their interrogator And in group three, we used the group four, we used a video. Okay, so in group four, a video. Now, let's see what he goes on to say. So here's what we did. Okay, so up on the screen now, he has a photograph of what appears to be sort of a middle eastern or indian looking gentleman and then it points over to a lighter skinned gentleman on the right who looks like he could be like a light skinned middle eastern maybe a moroccan or some kind of uh Hispanic looking gentleman. And it says up at the top of the screen, the false memories created in soldiers caused 85% of students exposed to person on the left to identify person on right as their interrogator. So what it's saying is 80% of the students exposed uh, to person on the left to identify person on right. So they're exposed to the Indian, dark-skinned, Middle Eastern-looking gentleman with the mustache on the left, but then they identified the one on the right, the lighter-skinned gentleman, as their interrogator. Let's see what he says.
1: By exposing them to a photograph uh, after they had been interrogated and placed in isolation stress,
0: it could change them from this guy to this guy. Okay, so then they placed them in this, isolation, you know, under stress, um, and then it basically changes their perception of this person. This is, uh, you know, like mind control techniques. 48
1: hours later on who they would identify in the lineup, their level of confidence was an 8 out of 10,
0: uh, that that was the person they had met. Okay, so their level of confidence was 8 out of 10. When they said, are you sure that's the guy, they said... Yes. Okay. Do you believe that? Well, I'm 80% confident in that. I mean, are you guys 80% confident that this show today, the Dust and Gold Standard, was a great review of the 1968 World Series game? Because I'm 80% confident of that, folks. I don't know. Maybe you'd actually believe that if I put you into isolation and uh, tortured you. Hold on. Let's continue.
1: We found that we could make them believe that there were guns, that there were knives, that there were caches of weapons, simply by altering the phrasing of a question or inserting something into a video.
0: Okay, so now up on the screen, he it says licked by Pluto, okay, and it's a... Uh photograph of pluto the dog so he's saying that they could make them believe by inserting a photo that they saw a cache of weapons and such okay hold on i'm going to back that up we're going to re listen to that and then run right through it here we go
1: to this guy 48 hours later on who they would identify in the lineup their level of confidence was an 8 out of 10 uh, that that was the person they had met We found out we could make them believe that there were guns, that there were knives, that there were caches of weapons, simply by altering the phrasing of a question or inserting something into a video. I'll give you an example. If we said, did your interrogator wear a weapon? If so, please describe it. We only got about a 2% endorsement of the presence of a weapon in the the
0: interrogation. Okay, okay, so this is important now, because he's talking about manipulating the mind. He said, if the question was... Did your interrogator have a weapon? If so, please describe it. Only 2% went in the direction of the weapon. Uh, Phase. If we said,
1: when you were being interrogated by your interrogator and the guy with the weapon interrupted the interrogation, what did they argue about? We didn't care what the answer was. We'd ask another question. Describe the weapon worn by your interrogator. It jumped to 30% would tell us the type of firearm that they had seen in the
0: interrogation booth okay so what you need to understand here as you're listening this is they do these kind of experiments because they're trying to figure out how to manipulate people's minds now i will tell you uh i can't say who it was but i had a close friend of mine who had a relative who um was working out of uc berkeley And this person was approached several years ago to do an interview with Google. And so they went over to Google. Their expertise was reading brain scans. And so they went over to Google. Again, folks, this is part of the Citizens Intelligence Agency here. This is why talk to people and pick their minds, folks. Grab that important information. And so they uh, read brain scans. And so they went over to Google, and what Google was actually doing, the job that they had applied for, not even knowing the full aspects, they were invited to come to this interview, was to read brain scans for Google, on a mind-reading, mind-control, mind-manipulation program. Uh, I poked around back then. I saw there was some connections to this, to the CIA. They had asked for my advice through a mutual friend, and I said, uh, it all depends. If you want a life in the CIA, if you want to be like Dr. Charles Morgan here, then go for it. That's your career. Uh, or if you don't want to have to worry about being whacked, uh, later on because you have too much information that they do not want to get out then i would try to figure out how to back out of this as quickly as possible say that you've decided to move you are getting out of the field or whatever it may be so what he's talking about right here is the ability to manipulate the mind and then what they'll do is they'll try to streamline this process and then adopt it into some type of um you know, a larger scale technology, OK, because they're not going to sit here and manipulate people's minds with a question and answer inside of an isolation room. All right, I'm rolling this back a few seconds. We're going to play this through.
1: Interrogator and the guy with the weapon interrupted the interrogation. What did they argue about? We didn't care what the answer was. We'd ask another question. They'd say, Describe the weapon worn by your interrogator. It jumped to 30 percent would tell us the type
0: of firearm that they had seen in the interrogation booth. Okay, so now they're planting a memory into your head by asking the question, when the man with the gun interrupted your interview with the interrogator, right? So now they planted a weapon into the room that was never there. Then they come back and they say, Uh, Because they know that you're looking at everything, or they're looking, so they believe what you're saying is accurate. Then they come back and they say, okay, what kind of weapon did your interrogator have? 30% of them actually believe the interrogator had a weapon, whether they did or did not, right? So they plant that in the head. The interrogator does not have a weapon. Now they planted it that he does, and they got 30% of the people to describe the weapon as if it actually existed. All right, let's continue.
1: There's a security violation, right? There there weren't any. We got to record them. But with one question, we could do that. When you sample with a few more, you can actually increase the sample. So when we increased the stress at SEER, we found that instead of a 30% rate overall, we could create false memories
0: in nearly everyone. That was in 900 people. Okay. So now he's saying they increased the stress levels of the people in the interrogation. And uh, earlier he talked about isolation after the interrogation. So you increase the stress levels, then you go back and you basically run the test again, and they could plant that memory of the gun being there, even though it wasn't there, and basically a 100% out of, what did he say, 900 people? 100% out of 900 people bought into that. All right, I'm going to just play that back one more time so you can listen to the whole thing.
1: We didn't care what the answer was. We'd ask another question. They'd describe the weapon worn by your interrogator. It jumped to 30% would tell us the type of firearm that they had seen in the interrogation booth. Which is a security violation, right? There, there weren't any. We got to record them. But with one question, we could do that. When you sample with a few more, you can actually increase the sample. So when we increased the stress at SEER, we found that instead of a 30% rate overall, we could create false memories in nearly everyone. That was in 900 people.
0: You hear that? So they increased the stress level, and they could plant more false memories. Ladies and gentlemen, I have planted no false memories in you today. I am only planting the truth into your mind so that you could make the right decisions as you navigate this government-controlled prison planet. Don't let them push this misinformation into your head. Don't let them put the propaganda and the brainwashing into your brain, folks. Don't let them wash your brain, all right? When you watch these government propagandists on TV, watch out for some of the shows out there, some of the influencers out there who are trying to program you to believe things that are not real. I made a video when I was in uh, Poland, and it was me standing on uh, a mountain mountain in Zakopane, poland and i had the video of me standing there and i was pointing back to the mountains and talking about how i was watching the russia ukraine war go on and the whole point of the video was so that at the end of the two minutes i could say this is fake news this is how it works i can tell you anything with any background behind me and you're going to believe it as long as i look like i'm an authority and i know what i'm talking about and you wouldn't believe how many people because because uh, I had friends put this out in multiple channels, and. People would watch for one minute and start yelling at me about how I wasn't compassionate towards the Ukrainians and blah, blah, not even realizing, not even getting to the full two minutes to prove the point where I said, watch out for fake news. There's nothing behind me. I'm just pointing at hilltops, you know, at mountains behind me. I was pointing at hikers and saying they were Ukrainians fleeing. And so people bought into it right away. It was kind of my own personal test to see if I could plant misinformation into people's heads and they'd buy it and at the end of the day it actually worked which was pretty scary because i was hoping that it wouldn't work but folks i'll be right back we're going to get through the rest of this video just absorb that a little bit think about it in your life be careful for misinformation that's out there ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv